You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. Teams will be getting out on the diamond this week. Last year's season sure was different. That doesn't mean it lacked excitement. And this year's is poised to be even better. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars throughout the week. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. With millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, All right, everyone, welcome to episode 21 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Kyle, welcome, my friend. Howdy, folks. Well, Kyle, uh, we had a really long episode last week. I thought it was it went pretty well. Uh, we had our guest Benders on, which was awesome. Um, and then the Oilers get back to playing some actual hockey. So uh, I guess it was kind of, kind of weird, you know, after having so much hockey been played since January started to go a week without it felt kind of weird. Um, I definitely missed it in my like normal routine. I, I was missing uh, the post games and pre games and that sort of stuff weren't nearly as juicy as, as usual. You know, especially a, a condensed season like this with, you know, with so much, um, there were so at, at times I was looking at the beginning of the season. There's there's days throughout the season where there's like 15 NHL games being played, which means literally every team except for one is playing a game. And so like to have a break that big is like unheard of unless, you know, you get into your COVID protocols. So I'm sure it was nice for the guys to just kind of chill out and not have to worry about that, but definitely miss some good hockey. So we come right out of this break versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. The last time we played them, the Oilers lost to them three in a row relatively handily. Um, it was interesting because, you know, as we got closer and closer <laughs> to this game and listening to uh, some of the interviews that they were doing while they were in this COVID protocol, basically just sitting in Tor Montreal and Toronto waiting to play. Uh, you know, they were asked a lot of questions about this upcoming Toronto series. And, you know, even even though they only scored one goal in that three, they seem to all have the sense relatively that they were still relatively tight games. Um, but Toronto played quite well and won them. Um, so I was a little bit anticipatory. You know, a lot of pressure was being put on their start 
at the beginning of this, you know, are they going to have their feet right under them? Toronto has been playing games all week. So they're fresh and in game action. Um, they have Jack Campbell come back after Frederick Anderson was struggling there for a little bit. They've, they've, they've won a game or two after going pretty cold after that series versus Edmonton. Um, and the Oilers haven't played at all for a whole week. So how did you think that the Oilers started? Did, did you think they were, um, did they have a little jump to them? I felt, I felt like they weren't getting a ton of chances, but they, they, I, I felt like they had their feet going relatively early, all things considering. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that, um, like you said, there, there wasn't, there weren't a ton of chances that were being presented that they were, they weren't creating a, you know, any crazy opportunities, but, um, but I think they came out of the gate. All right. You know, I think they started, they didn't start slow by any means. I think they were, you know, playing toe to toe hockey with a good team, uh, you know, a team that's in first place. So, you know, I think they did what they, what they had planned on doing. I mean, obviously everybody plans on showing up and scoring three goals period going home with a nine nothing win <laughs> but it doesn't quite happen like that and I think they understand that what they're going to get is a, a more even game which is I think what they got I I will say one thing I, I notice is I still felt like the Leafs outchanced the Oilers especially not especially but in the first period as well the Oilers had, had four shots to the Leafs 10 after the first period and I just felt like in general throughout the game the Leafs had more possession of the puck. The Oilers, I felt like they their offense was still relatively quick strike. They weren't a lot of setup time in the zone where I felt like the Leafs still had the puck on their stick and were really trying to control the possession at least a lot during the game. The Leafs are pretty good at, at just getting to chances and, and and really showing up at opportune times. I think they're they're very opportune team. I think that comes with the speed of their lineup. I think they get into places that, you know, maybe most teams don't just because they have that kind of offense. I mean, the creation of shots um, from the Oilers or from the, from the Leafs rather, they're just a very offensive minded team. And I think that's what they do. And there's a, there seems to be a, a way about them that when they hold the puck in the zone for a long time, they just create the more opportunities. So, so they'd rather take a, a possession than uh a possible chance you know what I mean I think they'd rather take the possession and create a better chance um, so I think there's just there's, that's just what the Leafs do um and after a tight first period where we saw no goals go in uh the Leafs break through first with a crazy one Matthews just kind of threw it to Enval who's cruising to the front of the net it goes off a couple sticks straight up into the air uh for a moment it looked like he punched it into the net off Smith's head and then into the net. It, it was a crazy one. And, you know, it definitely felt like a big one. They they called it no goal. And then I thought, you know, um, after they called it no goal, that it was going to stand because that that's an, I didn't think that that was a reviewable play. I was wrong. Um, they reviewed it and it's the right call. He didn't hit it with his hand. It hops up in the air, just an unlucky bounce and into the net for the one nothing lead for the Leafs. Um, however, the Oilers would eventually answer back later in the second period. Um, they would go up. Darnell Nurse scores, another defenseman there for you. He's been all over it. Um, he's really shown uh, part of his game that has grown is he's really starting to learn when to jump up into the rush. 
Um, I'm sure playing with Barry has helped because Barry's really good at that as well. Um, and you just see it prime here. McDavid pops on it in the neutral zone. Nurse sees that there's an opportunity. All the focus is shifted to McDavid, and he comes in and snipes it five-hole past Jack Campbell to tie the game at one. And then within the next three minutes, Leon Dreisaitl, would score on an incredible no-look pass from Connor McDavid. And then not to be one-upped himself, Leon Dreisaitl with an incredible no-look pass from behind the net to Tyson Berry, who scores on his former team. So between the two no-look passes, Kyle, which one do you like more? I think the the Dreisaitl pass was like way cheekier. I think I, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. And then it just hit Barry and, and he puts it in. I thought the dry saddle pass was, was better. Pretty nasty. And we see dry saddles goal scoring ability on the McDavid pass, even because yeah. it's a wicked pass from McDavid, but he hits it on a one timer from relatively far back in the zone. It's just the one timer that gets it past Campbell. He just has no time to set up. It's just bang in the net. Right. And the Oilers take a late three, one lead into the third period. So now the Oilers are sitting on a three, one lead in the third after trailing in every game versus the Leafs right like what what's the feeling in the locker room because they came out in that third period and it felt like it was all Leafs in the third um there were some strong penalty kills from the Oilers I thought the Oilers penalty kill looked really good Smith looked really sharp he made some really big saves on Matthews on the power play but it just felt like it was it was all Leafs which was really disappointing because I thought they had they had had a really strong second period it's tough, especially when you when you're when you're coming into it. You know, I think you go into the locker room very excited. You know, you, you come out, and I think there's a level of oh, we're we're in the lead. You know, let's go out and, and keep it that way. I've been known to say many uh, many a time the the best defense is a great offense. I have never been one to, to have a park the bus strategy. Uh, you know, go out, keep trying to score. You know, don't slow down. And, and I don't know. I don't know that I'd say they necessarily like slowed down trying to score or tried to play prevent defense by any means, but you got was Campbell was very good. I think both goals yeah. were, were really strong in the third, even though the Leafs do manage to tie the game up um, on two quick ones that are within almost the same amount of time as the Oilers scored their three. And quick two. yeah, they, they bury a quick two to tie it up in the third period. They tie it. The last one comes with about three minutes left in the game. One of them, however, I do want to yell about someone who I haven't yelled about a lot. I thought he played, he's played relatively well. Um, and I haven't noticed much from him, but Chris Russell on the, I believe it's the, the second goal to make it three, two, like, what is he, where is he going? He left bear just to dry. <clears throat> like he, he steps towards one of the guys on the wall and then it's a two-on-one down low with Bear. I, I don't know where he went on that one. I'm going to call out bad defensive plays. And to be honest, I thought that our defense, even with the Larson-Lagason pairing, I just I think versus the Leafs, I don't know if we were going for like a more defensive style game, but it, it didn't work. And I still don't really understand why Bouchard and Jones, at least one of them, aren't playing right now right. Over, over some of the other defensive guys that are on, on that are in the lineup it sucks to be uh ethan bear there you know what i mean well it, he it looks sucks. up he looks up and it's a it's a mini two-on-one that a material oh, yeah. in five seconds and, and like like i mean it just it's it sucks to be that guy so i mean you gotta assume that chris russell had good intentions i mean obviously you wouldn't ever think that you'd be like oh okay let him you know i mean 
you got to assume that he had good intentions, was trying to pick off the extra guy or whatever and slow the rush down. But it really sucks getting left to dry like that or on two on one. And I mean, you're going to hope you're going to hope your goalie, uh, you know, you, you kind of look at your goalie like, I'm going to try here, man. And, you know, you hope that the two of you can figure it out. But I mean, it, it, it sucks to get left left out to dry like that. You know, I agree. I don't know if, if that's what they were going for was, a, a you know, a more defensive, you know, we're going to go strong defense here just, but I, I think, I think the wrong, I think the wrong call was made by, by having Bouchard and Jones out at the same time, put, put one of them in. You know what I mean? One of those young guys, a little quicker, you know, maybe a we've, little more. We've moved the puck know. a little bit better. Like, yeah. I don't know, a little, we just had a lot of up and out guys in the lineup. And yeah. I think versus a possession team like the Leafs, that's the wrong tactic. Yeah. I mean, up and out certainly has its place and I've been known to use it a lot. For sure. Um, I, I totally get it. But when, when three of your six defensemen, like that's their first instinct on, yeah. you know, like you've hamstrung yourself a little bit. Especially when the two of those six defensemen that that aren't are playing on the same line. So I mean, I think it's a tough call to make as a coach, just because you know you're looking at it and 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 your first instinct on a team like that is okay, let's get it out of the zone immediately. Let's let's get it out of the zone. If they don't have possession in the zone, we're good. But the problem is the up and out is just going to give them possession in the neutral zone to regroup and come back in. Possession in the D zone is really it's a hard thing to it's a hard line to toe there because obviously you want to you know you want to make sure um, that you're not jeopardizing yourself by um, you know trying to do too much and then losing it in the zone but you also don't want to let yourself get into a spot where it's like uh, I'm just going to throw it out I'm just going to throw it out when you have a lot of opportunities if you just slowed it down a little and so I predicted a 5-3 win here we head to overtime. It's tied 3-3. And my dad texts me. He goes, hey, what did you predict? And so I was like, that's, I, I was like, I don't remember. So I went and looked. And then I realized that, Kyle, you predicted a 4-3 win. And at the time, it's sitting at 3-3 going to overtime. You have potential for four points. The the perfect. The full Monty. Yeah, the, the perfect prediction. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, just a horrible, another just unlucky bounce. And I said in the last episode, I'm done talking bad about Mike Smith for the moment. I maybe would have liked him to make a few saves on some of the goals, but he played, I think he played really well. He made some big saves on the Leafs. So nothing but love here for Mike Smith. Um, Matthews just sort of throws it. It goes off of Dreisaitl's stick, off of Darnell Nurse's skate, and then it got up and over Smith. So just it's just unfortunate, um, especially that, it's, it counts as an Austin Matthews goal. And then they're like, Austin Matthews is back on top of the goal scoring. And I really made it worse. Um, but you pick up two points for this one and have built yourself a little bit of a lead with a 21 to 18 lead over me, my friend. You've uh, you patiently waited. You stayed close. And now you're, you're starting to bury me. Got to know the right moment to attack there, boss, man. You know, we're, we're just past halfway through the season, you know. I was sleeping, letting you, uh, letting you think that you were uh, the superior predictor. But hey, um, the real sheriff is in town now. I'll take my badge. Thank you. All righty. Good to know. Good to know for the heads up. One game to predict here between episodes. It's another game versus the Leafs on Monday. The Oilers, after this one, now have lost four in a row. 
versus the Leafs. Um, that loss versus the Leafs also snaps a three-game win streak that the Oilers were on as well. Um, it seems that the Oilers meet up with the Leafs, lose a couple games, and then they go and play the rest of the North Division and can beat pretty much everyone else, which is which is good. That's good. It just it really grinds my gears that we cannot seem to beat the Leafs right now. We are two and six on the season versus them with the one point extra <laughs> lead that the Leafs got. They remain on top in that first place position with a record of 22 10 and 2 so kyle we've got the reset game um, for the oilers they hope to maybe finally break the leafs a little bit i think this was a relatively good game to build on obviously that that final honestly like the 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 last 10 minutes of the game is really what lost it for them they played a relatively pretty good first 40 so I think there's some definitely some positives to build on. And you show here that I know we scored one in the last game in that three series, but to score three on them, especially against Campbell, who shut us out in one of them, shows us that, you know, they can bleed a little bit. So what do you what do you expect here from the reset game from the Oilers? I think maybe a couple of defensive changes like we were talking about. Maybe, you know, shoot Bouchard or Jones into the lineup and maybe uh, shoot, get a little shoot more. Russell into the sun. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe. But I think, you know, maybe, maybe do something like that. I doubt it's really going to happen, to be honest with you. But I also think, you know, like you were saying, they played a, a, a good first 40. There was, that was a good game that they were playing. Um, so I think you, you stay on top of that and maybe try to eliminate some of those bad bounces. Maybe just try to get, get to loose pucks a little faster. Just shut down the, the extra opportunities. I, I think you'll be good. I think you come out on top. You know, I mean, it's hard to stop a team like that, and especially – you know, I say shut down some of those extra bad bounces. Um, I mean, bad bounces are going to happen, but the the way to shut down those bad bounces is just to get 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 to the loose pucks first, and, and then you can try to maybe keep it to the outside a little more. Do you think we see Koskinen in net on Monday? Um, I would like to see Koskinen in net. Continuing on the uh, no no hate on Smitty train. Maybe I switch it up. Give it give it different scene. They're both rested. Like like we yeah. had the, the full week. Like why not? You know. That's right. like, that's why we have the 1A, 1B scenario is for right. this. I think you're, you're probably right. We probably see a, a few lineup changes. I, I'll i be interested also to see what he does with the forward lines because I think the mcdavid dry side line produced a lot. However, and this might be one of the only times I'll say this, but McDavid also went minus three, one of them being the overtime goal. So he's a dash two at five on five in that third period. I mean, you take the good with the bad. I just would have liked to see maybe, you know, because you see that like Enval gets a goal for the Leafs. I'd like to see maybe the, the bottom six get involved a little bit more. So I'll be interested to see if they, he keeps the Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, Cahoon line together because they were almost non-existent in this, in this last game, to be honest. I'm going to say, though, whew. Like, see, now you got me nervous here. You're, you're making me nervous. Actually, you you go first. You go first. You're, you're winning. You go first. Me first, huh? I, I'll go. Um, I, I say they figure out some of those problems. They stop. They stop a little more of those extra opportunities. I'm going to go with, with your coveted prediction of 5-3. A 5-3. With an Oilers win. Oh, it's got no. Hit. Oh, it's no. Got hit. See, I was going to go 5-3. Oh, no. Okay. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. Three nothing win. Whoa, a shoddy. 
A three-nothing win. That's my and, prediction. And who are you saying gets the shutout? I'll say Koskinen, um, just because I think I think that's the logical start, at least in my head. Who knows what Tippett will do? Well, yeah, it's Tippett. So. All righty, Kyle. Well, with those predictions in the book, we are going to take a quick break here. However, we will be right back for our play of the week and some NHL news, and then we will wrap this thing up. So we will be right back. He's my brother, man. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a hope. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah, we honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast, your Detroit Red Wings. And I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context. For Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman. And play Be the GM. Finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wyshynski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. Alrighty, and we have returned, so now we are going to do some NHL news first. Kyle, the Buffalo Sabres are on the precipice of history, all right? They are very close to tying and then potentially breaking a record here. They hit 17 losses in a row, and they even went into the third period in the last their last game versus Boston, leading 2-1. Unfortunately, they would lose that game 3-2 to Boston in regulation. Uh, The record, however, Kyle, is from the 2003-2004 Pittsburgh Penguins, who finished the NHL that they finished last in the NHL with a 23-47-8 record. And they had a NHL best losing streak of 18 games. So the Buffalo Sabres are one game away from tying a losing streak and then potentially breaking they could hit 19 games lost in a row. We'll talk about the Eric Stahl trade here next because I want to focus on that from a Canadian's perspective. However, they're at 17, buddy. How like It's a tough show in Buffalo right now. The ultimate question, are the Buffalo Sabres the best worst team in history? I think yes. They're going to at least tie it. They're, I guarantee they're going to tie it. But in true Buffalo fashion... They're not going to pick up. They any won't new actually. Records. They, they won't, won't pick it. up any new records here. They won't pick up any new records here. They'll tie it and tease everybody, and they'll be like, "Oh no, just kidding. No new records, not for us." Then, if I'm looking at the schedule here, just to look at um, who they they play next, just so I can tell you. So that means next they would lose to Philadelphia to tie the record on yep. Monday, and then on the next Monday episode, so in a week from then. We could be talking about they've either broken the record or they finally beat Philadelphia again on Wednesday. 
I think Kevin Hayes shows up big time in the first game. So they have two games versus Philly. If they lose both of them, they have tied and broken the record. I think I'd be honest with you at that point. On Thursday, that next night after breaking the record, champions. (laughs) I think what happens, to be honest with you. Listen, if you lose this next game, I think as a team, you should collectively come together, chuck the last, chuck the next game, and just take the win. Or t- take the take the loss for the win. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not going to happen, but hey, who knows? It's a tough time in Buffalo. However, someone who was freed from that hell is Eric Stahl. He is headed to the North Division. Some big news also coming out from the Canadian government. They cut the quarantine time in half for the NHL for players to come across the border. So now instead of a 14-day quarantine, it's a seven-day quarantine, which I think opens up the possibilities for trade deadline immensely. Because I really think teams were hesitant to stomach that 14-day wait of getting the player they are trying to acquire. But I think now that they've cut it down to just one week, like I really think that opens up the possibility. So trade deadline could become a lot more active from the North Division. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it, you know, with the 14 day deadline or, you know, the 14 day uh, quarantine, it's like buying a car and then be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You actually have to wait two weeks before you're allowed to use this at all. Buying you know, a car you, online and then having it shipped to you, you know, across. Exactly. You got to wait. Brutal. I mean, <laughs> especially those guys are Jones into play, too. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're sitting there going, all right, well, we're just going to do nothing. No, they're they want to get on the ice. You know what I mean? They don't they don't want to be sitting there doing nothing for two weeks. Because now they got to work out by themselves. They got to, you know, I mean, obviously, then they can settle into like their houses and whatnot. But still, it's like they don't want to do that. They want to be with the boys. So I don't know if he will be. I don't know if he'll be affected by this. So I don't know if he has to do the 14 or the seven now. However, Eric Stahl is headed to Montreal, which is kind of funny. And we all kind (laughs) of laughed because before this, they had asked Mark Bergevin, should we expect anything from you at the deadline? And Bergevin said, nope, nope, you know, you know, it's going to be quiet. We're not going to be doing anything. And then before, like two weeks before the trade deadline, he goes ahead and acquires Eric Stahl for a relatively small price. We figure that Buffalo's looking for prospect and picks since they're doing the, you know, part four of the full rebuild. Um, So they acquire a third and a fifth for Eric Stahl, which is not a, not a big price. I think, unfortunately with buffalo is no one's having a good season so you know price tags are pretty, price low, is, yeah. pretty low so i think going out of business sale yeah exactly exactly you know everything must go so eric stahl's gone for a third and a fifth he hasn't obviously hasn't joined he's going to wear number 12 with the montreal canadians what do you think about this from a canadian standpoint and how do you think this maybe shakes up do you think do you think they're done or and do you think maybe this gives them the boost they need to hold on to the four spot right now? I think there wasn't really uh, nobody really expected any trades, but I think this is definitely there. I think they're definitely done. You know, I think they made their one move. You know, they probably looked at the board and was like, uh, all right, well, we'll take them. I guess if that's really all it's if that's really all it's going to cost. It's like walking out of the uh, walking out of the thrift store, like, oh my gosh, did you really give me this for two dollars? Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go before you change your mind. So, you know, I think I think it gives you a a guy that is not afraid to get into the corners. You know, he'll go in. He he uses his size well, but he's also got a great head on his shoulders. He he sees the game very well, so he makes good passes. You know, picks right times to shoot. 
I think I think it gives him a you know especially there's a, a veteran aspect too. I mean, he's been in the league a long time, so he knows, you know, the ins and the outs. I think it definitely helps. I don't know that it boosts them a crazy bit. You know, I mean, he's a good player, but is he the best player ever? Does he really jazz your lineup that much? No, I don't think so. But I think he definitely helps. All righty. So we are going to move on to our play of the week. All right, Kyle, what do you got for me? Uh, what was the NHL play that stood out to you this week, my friend? I'm going to take the uh, the Bobrovsky save. Last night in overtime? Oh, yeah. Dude, where did where did you show up from? Sir, you were at the top of the crease. How did you – sorry, how did you get there? How did you make the save on that? Wow. Flashback flashback to, like, prime Bob before he went to Florida. He's, he's started being not that great. He, him and Drieger are almost splitting starts at this point. Like he's, he's a $10 million playing a, a split start with, you know, some, some guy making league men almost. When I saw Florida make that contract, I was like, well, it's a good play because Bobrovsky's a great goalie. But wow. That's expensive for a long time. That price tag was large. I don't know that I'm signing any goalie to that big of a contract that far into his you know what I mean? Like, uh, he was very good. He's a very good goalie. He was playing great for Columbus, especially on that last run they had in the uh, in the playoffs. Um, you know, they troll the lightning at a, for a, a sweep in the first round. That definitely ha- hacks your, your price up pretty high. I think it's a hefty tag to pay. Great save, though. Hey, Florida, Florida's doing well right now. They've uh, sort of come out of nowhere and surprised everyone with all of a sudden yeah. how how – intense they are in a division that they we thought the lightning were going to run away with and they're right there with them um however my play of the week is going to actually go against the tampa bay lightning the dallas stars uh played them rupe hint scores the goal it's a nice goal on the breakaway however it's not the actual goal itself it's not even the primary assist itself it's the secondary assist by joe pavelski who tips the puck out of the neutral zone with his stick between his legs to Robertson with a nice pass to Hintz for the breakaway and then a nice finish pass Vasilevsky. However, Pavelski, after, you know, I covered the Stars last season, and one of the things that I complained about all season is Pavelski was very slow. Slow as in points-wise. He didn't put up as many points as or goals as the Stars wanted to, and he has lit it up right now and that was just an incredible play you don't see the between the legs plays for you you see a lot of people use it to shoot you don't see it a lot for like passing or redirect so it was just it was a genius play that led to a really nice goal so my play of the week is going to go to nice i guess it'd be the big pavelski but jumbo joe plays in toronto now that's a, that's the miniature joke. The wrong you got the wrong joke. The big pavelski i believe is as the guys in san jose used to say yeah, I mean it was a beautiful play. Like I said, you don't see that you don't see that a ton. So it's between cool to the see leg, the between the leg setup. It just it doesn't happen. As yeah, well. you do it in NHL a lot, but not in the actual NHL. Yeah. Alrighty, Kyle. Will you have anything else for us? Uh, no, that's about it. Another week in the books. Another week in the books. Hopefully, the Oilers can turn it around here on Monday by the time you're listening to this versus the Leafs. 
And then we will reconvene later in the week for our Thursday episode. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. It has been an absolute blast. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter. That's going to be at the rig underscore rats. And be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Megaphone, wherever you listen to it. It helps out a great deal. Kyle, thank you again. And as always, let's go Oilers!